Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Overtime. Overtime is our weekly podcast here at the Christian Life Center where we get to kind of do a deeper dive of the weekend messages. So pretty excited to jump in. Uh, I think Christian told me that this is like episode 19. Wow, so that's pretty good. We're we're like vets now. Yeah, I nice. I'm like the seasoned He is, here. he is, not me. But uh, we're, we're glad that you're here with us. One of the things that we always try and do is just give you a quick highlight yep. of some of the things that are happening within the life of the church. This week, one of the things that we always like to talk about is Connect on Wednesday. It's kind of our midweek offering yep. where we've basically got classes that we would encourage you to come out to. Uh, if you're looking for community, it's a great way to do that. That's why we call it Connect on Wednesday. That's right. Actually, our short acronym for that is COW. So if you want to show up and moo, um, that would be weird. So and if don't you're new, if you're new, we've got an engaged group that yeah. actually meets down in the cafe and it's a great yeah. place to just make some friends. So we'd yeah. love to have you show up. So basically what we do is we start at five 30. There's a meal five 30 to six is the meal this week. We're doing tacos. Pretty excited. Ooh. It's taco Wednesday, not taco Tuesday this week, but taco Wednesday. <laughs> and then like Gary said, we've got several classes that are taking place, uh, celebrate recovery. As always, we've got something for children and youth. So yep. if you're looking for a place of belonging, looking for a place where you can just get connected, what we hope is that you can find that at Cal Connect on Wednesday. So That's right. let us know if you have any questions, feel free to comment or to contact the office. We'd be happy to answer that. Um, but yeah, we are going to kind of jump now into the weekend sure. service. We started a series that we were calling Acts. Um, and really what we're doing is kind of picking up where we left off even last week as we talked about the body of Christ and kind of finished up the Holy Spirit uh, series that we were on. We started talking about the this the birth of the new church. And, right, right. And we're continuing on with that. But um, before we kind of get into any questions that we have and want to continue to always, if you have questions, to go ahead and submit them to us, you can do that by writing on the back of a bulletin, dropping that on the offering plate on the way out. Or if you email us at overtime at clcfamily.church, we also get them there as well. Um, so, yeah, but enough kind of announcements. So <laughs> can you kind of give us a reminder of what we talked about this weekend, what we were yeah. what, what we were looking at? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, Acts chapter 2 actually talks about what I like to think of as sort of a model for what the church should be like. And so, um, so it has this whole dynamic of what their life was like. And the fact was that they were meeting together regularly. They were in small groups and large group together. Um, they were being discipled and learning together. Uh, they were also serving each other and they were giving. They were giving mm. of everything they had. And so um, a lot of times I think when people really want to recapture what the church is about, um, going back to Acts chapter 2 is a good way to sort of jog our memory mm. about what God really intended us to be, how God intended us to be in community together yeah. so yeah i feel like as you were setting it up i was just looking and reading through my notes i should have probably done that before this but i didn't uh as i'm reading through my notes um i just wrote this down it's natural that we forget i think this was part of your setup it's right. natural that we forget what we're doing and why we're doing it um and i think that specifically within a church man it's it's dangerous if we just get into the point where we're just right. doing things without right. really thinking about it or understanding the motive behind it. So yeah. I don't know. I I guess I'm just kind of thinking, is there anything more that you would add to that? Like, because it is natural for us to forget, but how do we maybe do a better job of keeping, you know, the purpose of the church, the the reason why God has called us to to be the church, to be the hands and feet of Christ? Like, how do we keep that maybe central in our lives? Like, any ways that you can help us navigate that? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think that's an ongoing problem. I, I loved that, um, the illustration I gave, but it's, you know, it was just an experience I'd had where the one church, you know, would dip the crucifix and then they right. would walk forward and then they would 
you know, pick it up again. And the whole idea was that they had this tradition that they didn't even know why it was. Right. And I think, so I think we have to continue to go back to renew our, our memory. Like we yeah. have to go back again and say, so what is the purpose of the church? Um, and, and am I in that purpose and mm -hmm. how am I really engaging in that? I think that's really important. Yeah. So Again, for me, Acts 2 just really jogs my memory and yeah. says, hey, here's the picture of what that church was like. Now, it's still, like we said last week, it still had problems. I mean, there were still things going on. Um, but at the same time, um, there was a lot of really good things happening. And I think it does serve as a really good model for us. Yeah. And uh, the kind of the to give away that story, if you haven't listened to the message, you could pause this and come back to it or whatever. We'll, we'll be... Uh, live later on. Well, excuse me, we're live right now, but later on it'll be posted that you right. can listen to it. But um, you feel free to go to clcfamily.church slash media, and then you could watch or listen to the message. But basically that story was them dipping that cross right. was because at one point there was a chandelier that they had to like go under, yeah. go under. Otherwise the cross would have hit the chandelier. Exactly. So, so what was just kind of at one point necessary, right? had gotten lost in this tradition. And so I think that it is important for us to look at the church and to understand yeah. why we're here. And I, I think I say that even in part as a reminder to myself, because I think that the reality is, is that right. I can get so busy doing the work of the king that I neglect the king. Right. And, and right. it's my job and our job as believers to really not neglect the king for the work of the king. Yeah. Like it's important yeah. things that we do, but our relationship with Christ is yeah. foremost yeah. and, and being reminded. And, of and I would say too, that, you know, a lot of times <laughs> we can, we can run the um, risk or make the mistake of thinking we're in charge of the church. Yeah. But the reality is Jesus is the Lord of the church. Right. And so, you know, we, as we're continuing to be in step with the Holy spirit in step with what God wants us to do, that's when we're at our best. When we start to say, hey, no, my agenda is more important than everybody else and all that kind of thing, that's when we get into trouble. Right, right. So basically this new church kind of springs to life. One of the yeah. things that you said in the beginning um, that I thought was great, and I, I, I feel like it was worth repeating, you said ordinary people can do extraordinary things through the power of the Holy Spirit in this church. That's right, that's but right. I, I just, I don't know, is that something that you want to expound on a little bit more like... Uh, yeah. Because that, I feel like that's a really catchy, like for me, it's a motivational, like, right, yes, right, I can right, do right, that. Right, but, right, right, right. But what does that look like in the reality of that? How does that impact my daily life? I yeah. Guess? So I think the, the decisive factor is that the resurrection of Christ has happened. And in that resurrection, then um, God has actually brought heaven and earth have now met and who it is that Jesus is. Like yeah. now the kingdom of God has come to bear. It's actually alive and well and moving into the whole world. Mm -hmm. And so, but the other thing is that in the believer, the Holy Spirit has also come. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And so now we also are, you know, sealed by the Spirit and empowered to be the people of God. So mm -hmm. heaven and earth has also actually come together inside of us. Because God is living in us now. Yeah. And so it's the power of the Holy Spirit working through us that actually enables us to go out and do things that we could never do by ourselves. So um, I think as you look at that whole um, paradigm of what the church is and what does it mean to actually have really healthy, vital ministries, that's, that's where that begins to get fleshed out in yeah. what um, Luke's writing about in the gospel. Yeah. And just as a reminder, we were in kind of the second half of Luke chapter two. So yeah. uh, I think it was 41 through 47 specifically right. that we're looking at. Yep. Um, 
And then I guess for me, as I'm kind of moving on, one of the things that I think that was prominent that you had talked about over the weekend was the unity of the church, like how they came together. There was this togetherness and you can see it several times through the passage as you read through it. But I guess my my question today is, uh, you know, as we look at the church and we see unity, um, or maybe I should say as we look at America where it doesn't feel like it's very unified in a lot of different ways, that can also spill into the church. So I guess part of my thought, um, and this is kind of a lobbed question, like uh, it's not planned or anything, but mm-hmm. but how do we how do we live into the unity that was experienced in Acts chapter two when it feels like there's such a resistance to that? Where um, I don't like the word tolerance, but maybe there's less of a tolerance for our the people that are around us, like how do we live out our convictions, but also be unified with our brothers and uh, brothers and sisters in Christ and and pursue what God has for us. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess, you know, when you think about it, I, again, this early church, you know, had its own challenges and struggles and, um, but at the same time, they, they really saw themselves now as Christian brothers and sisters. They really saw themselves as the body of Christ together, and that was the big unifying um, part. Yeah. And again, like last week, we talked a little bit about how even in that um, 1 Corinthians chapter, you know, you now had masters and slaves sitting in church together. Right. You had men and women sitting in church together, which was really, that was never done. I mean, the synagogue, there was a place for the men to go, but the women were in an outer court. So all of a sudden now you've got male and female together. And then, and just all these different dynamics are happening there. You've got Jews and Gentiles together, which right. never would have even talked in an open square together. They would have, you know, shunned each other, walked by each other. But now all of a sudden they're under this larger umbrella of what it means to be a Christian. So I think that this whole idea of unity is actually really, really important. And and part of what is being shown in this Acts 2 passage is that the church is unified. It is called to be God's people. It is moving out together. They are taking care of each other's needs. And one of the things that was interesting was as you look through that passage, and I'd invite you to go back to, to um, Acts 2, 42 through 47, and look at all the places that the word either all or everyone mm-hmm. is used. And it's used like six or seven times in those three or four verses. Yeah. And so it's that uni- unity they have together. Yeah, and I think uh, to maybe even speak into the question that I'm that I feel like I asked, I feel like the the difference is is that I don't know if we can fabricate unity. Right, right I agree with that. Like yeah. we can't yeah. necessarily go, okay, I'm just going to choose to be unified and choose to go in this direction. I do think that there is a responsibility, maybe even a burden. And I was trying to look up the scripture verse that says, "Consider one another's." Um, yeah. above yourself, yes, like that's right. you, as in more important. Um, yeah. And I, I didn't find it. I think it was Philippians 3. But, it's in Philippians, yeah. Um, I was f- trying to get that. But it's. I think that that is the responsibility that we have. So while we can't fabricate right, right. that unity, there is a responsibility that we have right. to consider one another's interests ahead of our own and to really humble ourselves and submit ourselves. And then I feel like the New Testament, there's tons of other scripture verses. And even throughout the Old Testament as well, there's tons of other scripture verses that talk about that. And I think that as we start to do that, as we live into that reality of what Christ has called us to, man, the Holy Spirit who is always at work is constantly moving and doing something. Man, he can move through that. Right, that's right. That happens there. So 
yeah, I don't mean to kind of ask a question and then try and answer my own question. Right, but that's I, okay. I think that it's important in today's yeah. world that that we do live out that unity as best we can, not trying yeah. to fabricate it on yeah. our own, yeah. but just living into that. I think it also comes through, and this is a good thing for us to think about as a church. I mean, I think it also comes through face-to-face conversations. Mm-hmm. It comes through listening to each other and being able to talk together. Um, it, it comes through sometimes being willing to disagree, but still yeah. hold to unity as a higher principle. And so one of the things that um, I really liked was that, um, you know, talked a little bit about the 50 one another um, passages in the New Testament. And, you know, Paul and Peter and others are writing about how we now have this life together. And so one of the big emphasis in those one another passages was on unity, that um, that we're now called to be one body. So yeah. we're not a whole bunch of bodies. right? You know, we have a diversity in that we're all different parts of the body, but the reality is we're still one body. And yeah. so that unity principle is really important. And Jesus said, you know, the world will know that you're my disciples by the way you love each other. Right. And so that's really crucial, I think. Yeah. And to echo that, I feel like it, what what you're what we're saying, what you're saying is that it there wasn't it wasn't that the early church had no conflict. Right. But in the conflict, it was working through that and getting to a point where that that unity still existed. And exactly. I think, I think if you can do that, man, that's such a beautiful picture of of right. the church and how it's supposed to operate and how yeah. God moves and his Holy Spirit works. But yeah, that's right. But unity is such a critical part. Another another aspect that you had talked about in this um and I just wrote this down. You said belonging in the church or belonging to the church, uh, we share in community. So right. community was another central kind of focus of this Acts to church. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like that's really broad, so I don't know if that's a direct question. But I, w- is there anything else that you would want to talk about within that community and maybe why that community was important for the early church as it's established? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then also for us today, why is community such an important thing? Why is it valuable for us? Is it something that we should pursue the same level that the early yeah. church did yeah. or something? Yeah. Well, we have social media now, so it's a little bit different. Right, right. So <laughs> I think that's and I. I didn't mean to slam social media, but I think, you know, I've heard people say, well, social media isn't really social. Right. And and right. again, I think it, there's a place for that. Like, right. there, we, you know, we do a lot of Facebook stuff because we want to get word out about right. things, stuff like that. But the reality is that, um, that we want to be, you know, in a relationship. And I think when you really look at what does it mean to be in a small group, that right. kind of thing, it's really a kind of face-to-face relationship where right, right. you have a chance to actually ask your biggest questions, right? I think that's really important. Like, where do we ask a question? Yeah. And so having that kind of relationship where we can be together, we can actually ask questions, but we can also study together. Right. We can be community together. The um, the word, you know, for community is this word koinonia, which means fellowship. And, um, and so there's this whole idea of them having a lot in common, but also then beginning to live that out together. So, you know, gosh, Acts is amazing because it talks about them, you know, collecting money, selling land mm. to actually meet the needs of the people that were part of the church. And, and that was really, really, um, that was a really, um, the word I'm looking for, like, um, it was amazing. I mean, because yeah. what happened was the outside world was watching this church group and yeah. they're all of a sudden selling property so they can meet the needs of each other. And that was actually attractive. Right. And people started joining the church. So when you hear about Peter's sermon and 3,000 new people joining the church, part of it was they were observing from the outside what was going on. Yeah. And they're like, wow, I love this. This is real. Right. 
People are really reaching out, loving each other, actually taking care of each other. I mean, that doesn't happen so much. I, and I think yeah. that's the flip. So the flip side of um, community is that sometimes when we're really hurting, what happens is we get isolated yeah. and that's right. really not helpful for us. I mean, right. like that, that actually makes our problems worse. Yeah. And, um, but the problem there is that what happens is we're afraid to actually admit we're hurting. Yeah. Um, if we could actually admit we're hurting, then what happens is it opens up the place for us to actually then get some help. Yeah. And so, um, so I think again, you know, um, I'll tell you just a quick story. I had a really, really prominent family at a church I was at before. And, um, you know, they, they just, from all intents and purposes, just looked like the perfect family. And, and then later, all of a sudden, the husband, you know, they actually went through a divorce, all kinds of things happened. Um, and we found out that they'd actually been struggling for a long time. But the thing that was sad to me um, was that they could have actually gotten help. Had they actually said, hey, we are struggling, um, you know, people would have been glad to come alongside them. Yeah. We would have been glad to walk with them. Um, there were avenues for counseling, all kinds of things. So, you know, if we isolate in the midst of our pain, then we're cutting ourselves up from some of the help that God actually wants to provide yeah. for us. Yeah. And I think that just, I feel like community is so important. And in, in even what you're talking about, like a place of belonging. Right? Yeah, like, that's right. That's right. So I feel where like, somebody know, where they know your name. It's the old cheers yeah, thing. Yeah, that's but, right. Like, especially yeah. on a, a weekend service. Honestly, there's a lot of things that are going on within the church. Like, yeah. We've got, you know, uh, I'll take our biggest Sunday morning service. We've got, you know, 350 people or so that are coming through the doors. Well, it's really hard to be known That's right. intimately. And I don't mean intimately in a, in a sexualized way, but just known. Like, yeah. you're really yeah. known in that way. And that's why part of the reason why we push small groups and we push things like cow yeah, because right. it's where you can actually be known. And even to further that, like you said, where do you ask your questions? And mm -hmm. I think that's a great point because in your small group, man, when you are wrestling with something, you can bring up that question and you can talk yeah. through it. And there there's this interaction that happens. It shouldn't be a debate. Like you're looking right. to argue your right, point right, that right, I think right. That's probably not as healthy, although there are some people that find enjoyment in right, that. Right. But, <laughs> but I think just that interaction, like, because even now, you could ask a question to us and we would be happy to it. We're encouraging you to tell us what that's your questions right. yeah, are. That's right. But this is kind of one-sided, right? Like, it's it's not a dialogue. It's really a, a lecture more than anything. Like, you ask your question, we answer it to the best that we can. But if it doesn't quite hit where you're trying to get at... Yeah. Well, maybe we can cover that next week. So yeah, that's right. That's true. So that community, I think, is is so huge uh, just for that belonging. And then, man, I feel like the times where I'm struggling, my small group is the place where I feel the most support. Yeah. I've got great staff members and colleagues that are around me. Like I've got great church members who love me and care for me. But, man, I feel like yeah. there's a sense yeah. of belonging yeah. in my small group. Yeah. So I just think that that's so, so valuable and, and a part of that community aspect. And so I do know that come, I think, the fall, we're looking to really push those. We and, are, yeah. In fact, if you're, if you're interested now, we'd love to have yeah. you sign up. We had about four or five people sign up um, at the end of the service on Sunday. And yeah. so, you know, would love to help engage you in, in a small group. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our ultimate goal is, is, is that community, not just kind of a contact. Right. And then right. it's we want to get you plugged into community. So. I guess that's the, you know, behind the veil is that's right, what we're looking right, for. Right. We're looking right. to get you connected. So Wednesday nights, we're hoping that it just doesn't stop with one Wednesday night. We're hoping that you continue to come back and that's right. part of a class and part of a small group eventually so that you can experience what we think is the fullness of yeah, life that yeah, Christ has yeah, for us. So I agree. 
So, yeah, we talked about uh, a little bit about community. We talked a, a little bit about uh, being unified as a church. One of the things that you talked about um, on Sunday was, or, or I should say over the weekend because it was Saturday as well, was you said that th- CLC was a three-talent church. Right. Um, I don't know. Is that something like, what, what do you mean by three-talent church? And then something that, is that something that you wanted to dive a little bit deeper with in each of those areas. Like, what, what sure, do you mean by that? Sure. If that's the first time that I'm hearing it, right? it's kind of a vernacular that we use, but what does that mean? Yeah, good. Okay, so basically, we feel like God has gifted our church right now with three sort of really priority areas that we want to work on. And so one of them is we're working at building excitement. And building excitement actually has to do with what you're going to experience on Sunday morning. And so that means that we're working at, you know, having worship that really engages you, helps you to engage God, realize that God is present in your life, um, be encouraged by that. We're working at having preaching that is really biblical centered that helps you to know that um, that God is with you in the midst of everything. But we're also trying to emphasize that your actual attendance, you're showing up at our services, at these worship services, actually makes a difference because yeah. you're bringing something that nobody else can bring. You're bringing your gifts, your joy, um, even your sorrows into this body, which is really important. So, so we're working really hard. And Megan, you know, and Josh and the rest of us are working always at that area of building excitement. Right. Um, the second thing that we're working at is we're working at, at also building foundations. And this is sort of where this is where my ministry sort of falls. It's yeah. the discipleship, all that kind of thing. But in building foundations, we're trying to help you figure out now you've got this relationship with God. So what does that mean? And not only with God, but we're told by Jesus, you know, love God, love neighbor. So we're also this family here that's the church. So hmm. how are we actually building relationships together? So we want to invite people into service, like helping in kid zone and all over the place, right, right. you know, those, that's a way we grow. Like one of the ways we grow is by actually putting ourselves in a place where we are not as confident to do this thing, but we're going to trust that God's going to work right, through right. us. So, um, and then also we're inviting people into small groups because we think small group is really the life, the lifeline of the church. It's the place where the community happens, really happens. And in a small group, almost everything that needs to happen for your spiritual growth begins to happen. I mean, you're studying together, you're actually um, talking about and already participating in using your spiritual gifts in that small group, even if you're not sure what they are. And so so all that's really important. And then the last part is we're looking, and this is Ben's area, we're looking at building, you know, bridges. And so right. we're also very mindful that God has actually placed us in this place right. um, to do a specific ministry. Like we're thoughtful of the fact that our campus is maybe the hub of this community. We want it to be. We're working at that. We're working at how do we continue to build relationships with all of our partner organizations like Tamani and everybody that's here, um, Family Promise, all that. And then also we're really wanting to invest in Lincoln University. And so those are some of the things you probably can talk to that better than I can. So go for it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just, I feel like that's a great overview and I feel like that's what I was driving towards. So I feel like I'm not wearing my outreach okay. and Bridges <laughs> hat right now. But um, yeah, I do. I think that as we look at that kind of three-talent church, it's kind of kind of picture a circle or a cycle. Yep. And really the entrance is anywhere. Like you could right. come on a Sunday morning and be excited and then want to grow. You could come maybe with a deeper faith than maybe somebody who 
doesn't have a relationship with Christ and you come in and then you're like, okay, well, I want to get involved. Some people come because they want to get involved and they show yeah. up for the service and then they grow. Some people yeah. come from outreach initiatives. And so really it's, it's kind of this continuum. It is. That's true. Good point. Circle of going, man, it's not just about arriving to one of these points where, well, okay, well, I've, I'm now, I have a solid foundation and I'm good to go as a Christian. No, the reality is, is that they each feed into the other. So building excitement, we hope builds, uh, uh, builds into the building foundations. Yeah. And then as you build those foundations, it's not just a head knowledge, but now God is stirring you to do something. So it becomes a heart knowledge and a, and a going out and doing something in the community to where there's an outreach focus. And then from the outreach focus, it's going, man, I hope people are getting excited again. So yeah, it's that's right. Cycle that's good. There yeah, that's good that we, we go there. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like that's worth repeating. It's, it's something yeah. that honestly, you're probably going to hear Time and time again yes, from us. that's uh, right. Because that's really what we're driving towards. That's kind of yeah. our vision is is that we want to build foundations. Or let me get it in the right order. We want to build excitement. We want to build foundations. <laughs> and we want to build bridges. Like yeah. That's really what yeah. we're trying to drive towards. Yeah. And we want to make it simple for people to connect to one another and to Jesus. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's really our goal here. So, so the other thing that's interesting about that is that housed in that three-talent you know, piece— yeah is actually all the different purposes of the church that we've been talking about and thinking yeah, about. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it incorporates like, so the, the early church, they felt this sense of awe because God was in their midst. The apostles were doing all these, you know, miraculous events and things were happening. They were seeing lots of people become Christians. I mean, yeah. 3000 people in one day joined the church. Yeah, like, I right. mean, that's just incredible. Um, so they already had this sense of awe and worship. So they were working on that. They were also working at actually reaching out to their neighbors. Um, they were doing evangelism, yeah. caring about people. Um, they were being discipled. They were growing. Yeah. It said that they were listening and um, participating in the discussion of the apostles' teaching. And so they were doing that in the temple. Um, and they were also doing that in their houses. Right, so right. they had the large group gathering. They had the smaller group gathering. And in that smaller group gathering, they had a chance to actually ask their questions pray together, all that kind of thing. Um, they were also, though, involved in ministry to each other. They were serving each other. They were um, they were growing that way. And then also they had this deep fellowship, which was a deep devotion to each other. So, yeah. um, you know, Rick Warren and others, um, not to digress, but I, you know, if you've ever had a chance, and they're older books now, but, um, you know, he wrote the book, um, The Purpose Driven Life, a long time ago. It's a and, good book. Um, I was in high school when that came out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. So, um, and then later, wrote the book um, The Purpose Driven Church yeah, right. and he actually expounds on all these different aspects of okay. the church and really goes into depth in that and I'll tell you when I read that book it changed the way I view church yeah. I mean it really okay. did and so again just as sort of a resource that you might be interested in but um, but the reality what I think is fun is that in our three talent model you know about building excitement building foundations building bridges all of that stuff is housed in there and that yeah. um, that's very cool I think yeah, and so I, I guess I'm kind of leaning over and looking at your notes, but so to summarize, like, so a healthy church has what maybe core attributes, like that we see both in the New Testament and Acts 2, and then hopefully what we're seeing here, like, I'm just seeing kind of this list yeah, that you have yeah. written down. Did you want to share those? I mean, just as a summary, I feel like you just shared them, but... Yeah, I think it's I think it's good. I would look at it this way. So... um We've moved, we've moved into a new way of looking at church. Let me just say it this way. Um, 
So we went from what are the church's programs? Like this is right. the discussion. Like churches should have certain programs, right? But the problem with programs is that they actually come and go. Right. So what's happened now is um, theologians, other people have started to talk about, but what are the real purposes of the church? Why does the church exist? Right. Right. And, and in that then, they've moved from a programmatic model right. into what they would call a healthy church model, which is basically saying, these are the dynamics that a church should have if it's right, going to re- right. if it's going to continue to be healthy. Right. So again, worship, evangelism, discipleship, ministry and service, fellowship, those are the absolute essential dynamics yeah. that really do make a healthy church. Yeah, and so if I can expound that a little bit, like and in a good ministry, most of those do happen. That's right. right. Like so right. it's just kind of taking it yeah. a step further. It's not like we're we're advocating that we should never do any youth ministry, right. or we oh, should no, never no, have no. any men. In or fact, women's... that should happen yeah. in the men's in the yes. youth ministry. It's happening in the men's ministry. Right. It's right. happening in every small group. Yeah, and that's I think where even the confusion. It's like, well, are you saying that women's? Men... And I don't think that we're confused about right. it, but right. I think that we're just taking it a deeper level of going. Yes, all of those things can happen in a women's ministry. That's right, absolutely, ministry, and they should a youth be ministry. Yes, yeah. they should be. Yeah, but it's not. It's not about that because your church might not have a women's ministry or might not right, have a youth right, ministry. Right, 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 right. But it doesn't mean it can't be a healthy and a flourishing church. That's right. So I think that that's a good distinction of going, okay, here's what kind of the core things that as a church we should yeah. be pulling from Acts 2 and, and learning from Yeah, that's from good. That. That's a good so, point. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that you had said, and uh, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, is that you had talked about uh, the temple. And yeah. so this this is kind of a history, like, and, and I love history. I love hearing things uh, about what it was like for to live as a Jew during that time. So you had said something about 35 acres for the, the, yeah. the, yeah. the temple and also specifically where the Christians would meet. Could you repeat maybe sure, that sure. that thought process? I'm curious to hear that. Yeah. So you did have um, you did have a lot of the Christians, you know, the the apostles in particular, that actually had Jewish backgrounds, so they could yeah. fully engage in the temple. Right. Um, although it was interesting that there were these different courts. So there was a court for the women. Um, there was a court for the Jewish men. Um, there was a court. In fact, the Jewish men were allowed inside. The women were actually outside. Um, there was a court for what they called the God-fearers. And God-fearers were basically um, Gentile converts, people that were, they had questions about God, but they were not fully Jewish, so they could not participate in the full Mm. temple. Now, the apostles wisely actually realized, here's a bunch of people that already believe in God. So that was actually one of their target groups Mm. where they would go in and they would teach. And these people were becoming Christians like mad Mm. because they already were there. They were hungry for God, but they'd been told by the Jewish leaders, nope, you can't go in. Okay. So that became a prime place. So they did meet, you know, it says that they met in the temple. And they met in the um, this court of the God-fearers. Mm-hmm. A lot of people became Christians. Um, in fact, that's where Peter actually preaches this sermon. Okay. Three thousand people become okay. you become Christians, and then um, and then what happened is they also met in their homes. Okay. So they had the large group, small group dynamic going. So I, I guess in my mind, I'm I, and I've studied the tabernacle right, pretty, right, right, pretty right. well. I, right. up, I went up to Lancaster where they have like the yeah, yeah, the, I've been there that too. model of it and. Um, but so the temple, so and I 
I can't say that I know as much about the temple. So yeah. these courts, they were like before you got to the actual temple. Yeah. So where, you, yeah, yeah, they're on the they're on the outside. I mean, okay. or uh, because then you move into the holy place, right? And then it's the holy of holies, and right. the only person that's allowed in the holy of holies that would is just the, be the high priest. The high once priest, a year, exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so that's where the day of atonement takes place in the Jewish festivals. They you know they sacrifice the animal in there. Okay. Yeah. Um, they put the blood across. I mean, it's just all that happens. And so, of course, so, Christ becomes the Lamb of God, right? right? Yeah. Right. So. so maybe this isn't, isn't a great example, but it's almost like these these courts were almost like, I guess, our lobby. Would you, could be. Would you say yeah, you that could, it's kind of like could think about it there's that people way, sure. in our lobby that are hanging out? Yeah. Except yeah. this was specific. Okay, these are the Jewish. This yeah. is the Jewish lobby. This is the women's lobby. Right, this right. is the men's lobby. The cafe lobby. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> But the thing that's different here is you're all invited in. Yes, we, we don't want to segregate you guys like yeah. that. That's not what we're going and, for. And that was really, I think, again, not to get... Not to go back to this, we've already talked about it a little bit, but I think that was so, what was so unique yeah. about the early church was all of a sudden they're all together. Yeah. I mean, so the women were not held outside anymore. They were right there in church, and yeah. the Jewish people were sitting with the Gentile people. I mean, you know, this is a huge difference. Yeah. It's a cultural, it just rips down every cultural, you know, bias they've had. Yeah, and then even to take it further, so when they met house to house, then, and it was a hugely, yeah. like, I mean, this culture was big on hospitality. So right. it's not, I don't think that you're gonna like, okay, the women have to leave, the men are going right. to, but it was, there was an intimacy there. That's like, right, exactly. Saw exactly. Yeah, that's knew right. One another. Yep. And it wasn't just on a level of, well, I know of them. No, you're sitting in your living room. Yeah. There's something that's right. unique yeah. when people are gathered in your kitchen. Yeah, that's you right. You just get to know them better, right? Like that's they right. see your dirty dishes, literally and yep. maybe even yep. figuratively. There was there was a friend of mine, the friend of mine um, that was a psychologist used to call it refrigerator rights. And okay. what he what he meant by that was that when you're at somebody's house, do you have the right to actually open up the mm. refrigerator, take something out and you and use it, you know? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. so it but in the small group you get refrigerator rights because you yeah. can actually you're allowed to go in and get whatever you want, all yeah. that kind of thing. So anyway. <laughs> but they didn't have refrigerators back then. No, whatever. they didn't then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So let me I'm just kind of looking through our notes here. Okay. Um uh, you, one of the things that you had talked about was purpose, and I, I know that you've already done that, but you said community with a sense of purpose. Every person matters. Like, yeah. I think that that was worth repeating again. So I don't know. Do you want to share what you were talking about in that sense? Like, what do you mean by that? Like, when we're talking about the body, like, right. how does that impact? What does that mean? Yeah. So I think it's it's an important thing for us to think about because the reality is, um, first of all, every single person matters to God, right? right? Right. So because we all matter to God, then we also need to matter to each other. So, right. so actually, you know, our ministry does um, incorporate our relationships with everybody we know yeah. in ways where we're really working at, you know, sharing God's love. And so um, that's, again, back to the sort of the one another passages. One, one of the funny things about that was the one passage that says, um, you know, don't gossip, which again, you know, that... That's a good word for us, right? Yeah. Don't gossip. But but the writer actually says because you're going to sort of devour each other. You're going to mm. you're going to nip and tear at each other. And so, you know, gosh, you know this unity thing is huge. Yeah. And um and actually when we are gossiping or doing things that are sort of hurting the body, we're sort of nipping at each other and yeah. Yeah. that's really not helpful. So, it's a good word I and think that, just to I, think about. I really don't want to park on that, but I feel like man, churches Church is the place that I've grown a lot in my faith. Yeah. But it's also the place where I feel like I've been hurt. Yeah. Maybe even yeah. the most yeah. in my life. Yeah. And 
And I think uh, well-meaning people don't like sometimes it's it's hard to navigate that and I agree. And that gossip, man, it's it's incredible yeah. how like yeah. how much of a wildfire I feel like gossip can be. And that's not specific to the church. I mean, that's just yeah, it's, we as a it's, people. It's right? life, right? Yeah, yeah, that's life as a whole. So, so there's a great author that I really have always enjoyed, Ruth Haley Barden, and she wrote a book on community. And she yeah. said, the best stories I ever, and I said this last week, but the best mm. stories I've ever heard about community, real life together are from the church. And then she said, the worst stories I've ever heard about brokenness and breakdown of community are stories I've heard from the church. Yeah. You know, right. so it's that double edged thing. And right, um right. but we're always working at trying to be who God's called us to be That's and right. caring for each other. And right. so I think when we do that, like when community breaks down, we need to go and apologize. We need right, to own right. our part and, you know, again, have those honest conversations right. because God's desire is that we would actually be unified. Yeah, because we're broken people. But that's right. The reality is we can be broken together. That's like, right. That's that exactly that's, right. I think it's beautiful because, man, if the church wasn't for broken people, I would be in trouble. Right. It, right? There's an old saying. I don't know if I said this last week, but it says if you're looking for the perfect church, then you should not join it because yeah. once you join, it won't be perfect that's anymore. Right. So definitely you know, true it's just for me. the way it goes. <laughs> and I guess even that question that I was asking about kind of, uh, you know, um, uh, community has a sense of purpose. Every person matters. Uh, one of the things that you kind of led into is that you said the church is always a people, never a building. Yeah. And right. I think even that, and maybe I'm guilty of this, because as I grew up, when I think of church, well, it's a physical place that I go to. Yeah. Not a movement of people, a gathering of people. And and you even did the open the doors, like, here's the church, right, here's right, the steeple, right, right, open the doors, right. here's the people. Like, I just think that that's important to go, hey, man, when you look up church, that ecclesia, that was a movement, a gathering. That's right. And it was a, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a military term, right? It was mm -hmm. like the assembling of soldiers. Right, that's right. So this common purpose and this movement, this action of moving together with, with yeah, the purpose. Yeah, I so agree. I think that that's good. So I was... um. You know, I used the example of sort of looking at your own hands. I mean, we did the, you know, here's the church, here's the steeple thing. But I think what's even more significant is, you know, if you look at your hands, what you're seeing is the hands of the church. So I think that's the part that yeah. actually calls us all to be God's people. Like, we can't wait around for somebody else to do it. God's calling us to do it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we are the church. And that changes the way I think about things, because when I'm at the store, I realize I'm actually God's representative of the church, even here at the store, yeah. you know, and, and so I then begin to live in a whole different way. And, and I love that passage, you know, that we've been called out. Um, I love to think of it in terms of we've been called out of darkness into God's marvelous light. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's sort of taking first Peter together. I think, I think it's first Peter, but anyway, so it's, but it's that reality of actually living into this new way of being that God's called yeah. us to. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I feel like I've got a couple other thoughts and we're doing great on time. Okay. Um, one of the things that you wrote down, at least this is the way that I put it. So it may not be word for word what you said, but you said fellowship may not happen unless we pursue it. Yeah. What, is, yeah. what do you mean by that? Yeah. So I think that was a good, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed, I, I've been thinking about that more. So, yeah. um, so I think the fact is that we can walk by everybody. Like, like if you come on a Sunday morning, you can walk right by the greeters. Hmm. Um, you can walk right by the ushers. Um, you can find a place. You, it, it's going to take, it takes some intentionality 
mm-hmm. on our parts yeah. okay. to actually connect with people. Um, people will say all the time, they'll say, well, nobody connected with me. And I'm like, I get that. Like, I get that. And, and actually, we want to connect with right. you. Right. We want you to come up and actually hand in your, um, you know, your bulletin back page. And we want to give you a T-shirt. We want we want to get to know you. Like, you which is matter. Which is our ploy, honestly. That's, yeah, that's, that's right. our scheme to get you to connect. <laughs> really, it's about the conversation yeah. and then the follow-up, like, to get yeah. connection. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But I think that getting into community won't happen unless we're actually intentional yeah. about it. Because because the reality is you could come to this church, you could bypass everything, never actually, you know, talk to anybody. You could ignore everybody who's saying hi to you as you walk in. So it, it does take an actual stepping up and saying, yeah, I want to be mm. a part. And and that's also why I think, um, and I'm in charge of the membership stuff, so I'll just, <laughs> I'll just say this, but I, I think that's why it's so important too, because actually when we commit to a local body, we're yeah. saying I'm all in here. Like I'm yeah. all in. And, um, and that's huge too. So, yeah, actually that was one of the last things that I was thinking, like you, yeah. you kind of gave that encouragement, be all in, like be, yeah. be the church. At least that's how I, I wrote it down in my notes of going, man, yeah, I, I need to be about it. It doesn't mean that the church is perfect. It doesn't right, mean that right. we don't have our, our flaws and our faults. Again, we're broken people. But man, I want to be all in for yeah, what God has right. for that's us. That's exactly right. Yeah, and yeah. and when I do make a mistake, man, I want to own that and work through that yep. with whoever yep. I need to do that with. Yep. But man, I just want to I want to be what be all in for what God has for this that's church, right. for this community, for his kingdom. Like it's exciting to be a part of it. It's a movement. It is. It is. It is exciting. That's right. So I think you just kind of handled everything that I was thinking. Uh, I guess the last thing that I wrote down on my my notes was: uh, Are we willing to do whatever, uh, or willing to do whatever it took so that people could um, experience Christ's love? I yeah. thought that, that was a good point. I think you were talking about the early church, and they were willing to sit down and have conversations and engage and and just be the hands and feet of Jesus. So. I think it's good. It's a good challenge for us as we kind of go to just remind ourselves, like like you said at the beginning, like it's easy for us to forget why we do what we do. Right. And so right. just a reminder from Acts 2 of going, hey, this is what the church was about. This is what we as believers really should be about. So Yeah, that's right. That's is, good. is there anything else, I don't know, that you didn't quite get to uh, on Sunday or anything that was, you know, we use the expression that was left on the cutting room yeah, floor, yeah. <laughs> um, which is fun because some of our younger staff members, <coughs> Christian, um, <laughs> didn't, he had no idea what that expression meant. Yeah. I, I just assumed everybody did, but. <laughs> Maybe some of you don't, but cutting room floor had to do with like uh, editing film and literally cutting yeah, bits yeah. of film out and putting it together <laughs> to make a film. So is there anything that was left on the yeah. cutting room floor that didn't make it over the weekend that you wanted to share? No, or I think, any final thoughts? Yeah, I think I think final thoughts. I think um, you know, your presence here makes a big yeah. difference. I I just can't emphasize that enough. I mean, um when you are here. Um, God brings something special yeah. through you. And so, you know, hey, yeah, the church is like this big, sloppy, messy family. Yeah. You know, we don't always do everything right. We right. try our best. We, you know, we do all this stuff. But the but the fact is that we are Christ's body together. And right. I just think that's just really important for us to, you yeah. know, get our heads around. So we're so glad you're here. Um, just to invite you to just fully engage any way that you feel like you'd like to. Um, No pressure there, uh, but we want to walk alongside you, love you, really glad you're here. So, 
Well, that's pretty much all that we got for this week. I want to say thank you guys for joining us. If yeah, you thanks. are watching this live, just a reminder that you can listen to us by going to clcfamily.church slash media and then scrolling down. You can either watch the uh, Overtime podcast or listen to it. Also, if you go to that same website, clcfamily.com or clcfamily.church slash media, you can also see the Sunday morning services that we do. You can watch or listen to that. There's also a couple different podcasts. Uh, Overtime is kind of our weekly one that we do, but there's also a women's one called Bravely Honest, as well as Christian Hessling, and I just started one for anybody that works with teenagers um, called The Well. So I want to encourage you to be a part of that. would love to see you on Wednesday nights for our Connect yeah. on Wednesday. Yep. 5.30 is when the meal starts. If you maybe can't get there by then, it's about 6.15 is when the teachings or the classes start. Um, would love to have you come out just to be a part of it as we're talking about now, just to be part of the community. So uh, let us know if you have any questions. Email us anytime that you Absolutely. have one overtime at clcfamily.church. And yeah, I guess that's it for episode number 19. And we will see you next All week. All right, adios. All right, I just need to click the button.